0: I am a little bit of a drama queen, but I definitely will be having a horrible day and then wash my hair, style it and then think, "Okay, everything's actually all right." <laughs> and one of the best products I've tried recently is Waze new hair gloss. It takes 5 minutes. It's an easy addition to your routine. You do it in the shower. It's made with hyaluronic acid and rice water. Not only does the hair gloss give you immediate shine straight from the shower, it also helps treat damage and enhance color vibrancy so your hair is looking and feeling healthier it also helps prevent heat damage up to 450 degrees which is very important to me and then it's honestly just a bonus that my hair looks shinier and healthier the hair gloss is only one of the amazing products that Way makes they have an amazing leave-in conditioner a great detox shampoo some lovely fragrances and a hair oil so give your hair a glow up with Way. go to Theouai.com icom and use promo code Lexi, L-E-X-I-E, for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com with promo code Lexi. Whether you like fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. You know the one with the turquoise tube all over your socials? Yeah, that's Thrive Cosmetics, and Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademarked formulas, and uncompromising standards, it's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. I love their Brilliant Eye Brightener. It's a highlight stick made to brighten and open your eyes, giving an instant lift, but also you can... You can apply it down the bridge of your nose or ever so slightly blending a line onto my cheekbone. It's really versatile and easy to blend. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash Lexi. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash L-E-X-I-E for 20% off your first order. like this show and want to make your own let me tell you about anchor it's free and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer you can even add songs from spotify directly into your episodes anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcasts and many more you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started Hi, everyone. I'm Lexi Lombard, your host of the At Lexi podcast, and I am ready for episode number eight. Are you? Eight is my favorite number, so this is bound to be a good episode. Another reason this is bound to be a good episode is that I am recording on an actual microphone. I have a very professional-looking microphone that I ordered online, and let's see, 15 minutes ago at 7 13 i was called by a delivery man telling me that he was downstairs with a package i sprinted to my elevator and then wrote it down and then sprinted to the door i was so excited that after i grabbed it from him i got in the elevator and i dropped it thought to myself "Fuck." What if my excitement brought destruction? But I did a little test. It seems to be fine. It's definitely better than the iPhone, in my opinion. You'll have to let me know as a listener if it is improved. I sure hope so. It's definitely improved my process. I can already tell because now I can reference things on my phone without the fear of making everything sound a little bit different. Feels good to level up on the podcast. Feels good to level up in general. There are so many ways to level up, but the personal choices that i've made in the past year are to level up in my career and level up in my responsibilities and it's been rewarding but even more than realizing it myself i got feedback just the other day i was on a phone call with my manager about this really cool potential opportunity i should remain i guess ambiguous about it because a i don't know if i'm allowed to say anything b more than a i don't want to jinx it Anyway, she calls me about this opportunity that she thinks I'd be great for. She was telling me that another girl on their roster was a part of this last year and they were looking to expand this year. So she's like, it's a lot of work. So obviously, I could only ask my responsible creators and I just think that you would be perfect for it. After we got off the phone, I had a moment of just pure joy and pride. She considered me one of her responsible creators and that has never been my reputation that's never been something that's been described of me before i've never been the responsible one i've never been the super reliable one i can be flaky i need extensions i'm not always on time and to know i've been talking about how this has been changing how i'm more punctual and i i've been waking up earlier and i have been taking on more responsibility i've i've taken on more sponsors my uploading content schedule has been a lot more consistent. I've begun taking on more responsibilities by expanding to the podcast, for instance, and a few things behind the scenes, aka mark your calendars for March 12th, save your money for March 12th. March 12th. I'll say no more. Uh, And it's been rewarding, but it's, it's cool to know that it's not in my head. I know it's true. I had no doubts about it. However, hearing it from someone else made it real. I've touched on the fact that I'm ADD, I was diagnosed sometime in middle school, I was on medication for middle school and high school, and even a little bit into my adulthood, I still have Vyvanse in my medicine cabinet. Why did that feel like, um, dangerous to say, like, oh uh, someone going to rob me because it's such a hot commodity? However, I don't take it, I couldn't even tell you the last time I took one. Now I just have it for those just-in-case moments. And living without it has been the hardest possible thing I've ever done. Hard in the sense of managing my behavior on a day-to-day basis. But now that I'm fine, this is the most rewarding thing I've ever done for myself that wasn't even super conscious. I knew I don't want to be on medication forever. And maybe this is a niche issue to deal with, but I think it plays a huge part into my responsibility. Because I used to think that my responsibility was tied to a pill. I used to think that I was not able to be responsible unless I swallowed this pill in the morning. And A, it was true for a good bit of time and B, I let it be true for longer than it needed to be. And to anyone out there that's still on medication, if you have desire to get off, it is one of the most freeing things you can do for yourself. It is one of the most self-confidence boosting things I've ever done for myself. And not to be this guy, but I know a lot of people are on it just because it keeps you skinny. It is not worth it. You can be skinny without it. If that's why you're still taking it, stop. The tough love is here and now. Stop. That's all I'm going to say about that. Other things I've learned since being off it, which let me back up a little bit. The only reason I got off of it is because I'm on antidepressants and the antidepressants that I'm taking, you can't also take Adderall on them. So my psychiatrist said, okay, well, you have to pick one. And I, I, I actually thought about it. I was like, okay, well, which is going to be worse living with ADD or living with depression? And I was like, oh, living with ADD. I'll try it. You know, why not? So Have stayed on the antidepressants, have gotten rid of the Adderall, and wow, I've learned so much about myself. I can focus without it. For example, I worked all day. One of my favorite things about ADD is the hyper focus. If I'm not, (coughs) excuse me, if I'm not interested in something, if I'm in a distracted mood, good luck getting me to do anything. If i'm sitting in a chair while distracted i will need to pee every 30 minutes and it's not a lie my bladder will make me have to pee every 30 minutes but other times today for instance i did not leave my seat for five and a half hours i did not have to pee because my brain just moved somewhere else i don't know how to explain it and for example i've been working since 8 this morning it's 8 p.m now and I have no desire to stop. I love it. When I'm in focus mode, I don't care about relaxing and I don't need to do anything else. And you can disagree with this and say that this is unhealthy behavior and this is an incorrect work-life balance, but I love it. And why would I stop if I'm enjoying it? There's nothing else I want to do when I'm in this state of flow, as they say. And trust me, I relax. I will take a Tuesday off. That's one of my favorite things about being a freelancer is that I can rearrange my schedule. If I need to take the day off on Tuesday, I will work on Saturday. That's fine. I actually like working on the weekends. It doesn't really bother me. Sometimes I am more motivated to work on a Sunday. And if I have the privilege to do that, I'm going to take advantage of that. What's, you know, what's wrong with that? I'm sure someone will always think that there is something wrong with that. I was having a hard time with criticism last week. My God, I literally bought, (laughs) I didn't buy it, I stole it from my cousin. I didn't steal it, sorry, I asked her. I'm just being dramatic. I (laughs) took the subtle art of not giving a fuck because I was stressing about the feedback of others. And I was talking to Claudia on FaceTime two, two days ago, probably. I was telling her I'm so insecure. It's so funny how I can move through things so quickly. Two days later, it's not even an issue. I was telling her I'm so insecure because when I get feedback, negative feedback, on these things that I produce for the public, it feels so personal because what I produce is so personal. I don't have a character, and I think that's a strength for sure that I am able to sit here and tell you all that I'm off Vivance because I'm on antidepressants. However when the negative feedback comes that's to my core like that's to me as a person and that felt so much more painful because i didn't have a guard up of a character where you know so what i'm not entertaining them Boo hoo! like it's not even me they don't really know me i'm over here in the corner listening to the advice of others saying that and i'm like no they really do know me they know me (laughs) i'm i am me on the internet however you know, as the the old saying goes, you can be the juiciest peach and there's always going to be someone that just doesn't like peaches. And that's such a great way of putting it because you could be the best of the best, but someone's just not going to like it. Like sometimes people just don't like peaches. You're fine. I'm fine. And I'm going to make mistakes. Everyone's going to make mistakes. And I think it's a lot easier for people who aren't putting themselves out there to critique when in reality, if they were to do the exact same thing, they would fall victim to a lot of other mistakes, ones that we're not even making, you know? You don't know until you you put yourself out there. But, But something that helps me is realizing how little other people's opinions of people I like affects me and how quickly I will forget that a celebrity, for instance, was hated. In that Paris Hilton documentary, when her sex tape came out and everyone was ridiculing her, which I'm glad that we all know now that she was a victim, but that ruined her life for years. And it's so sad because me as just a random consumer, you know, existing in the world, I don't think about that ever. But, like, that ruined her. So it's almost nice to sometimes think about really the people who like you and, you know, aren't aren't paying much attention to things that happen to you seven, ten years ago, or when one of my favorite YouTubers is under fire for something that I don't think is very important, they're totally worked up, but in my opinion, I'm like, I still love you, I still think you're great, and I'm gonna keep watching, and I don't care if there's people out there who found you and hate you, because I love you, and I think that's important, especially if it is something minuscule, and you're just being yourself, I think if anything, it's nice to solidify a tinier group of loyal followers than it is to have this wide net. A scandal comes and 40 people leave, but 60 people stay. So just focus on those 60 people because they probably like you a little bit more for you than the other 40 people did before. They just didn't know the real you, you know? So if you're an internet creator out there, just... You know, a goddamn person having a hard time, feeling like everyone hates you. Like, maybe you had a horrible rumor go around about you at school. That's really hard. One of my friends was a teenager and, you know, got a little convinced to send some nudes to a guy and he ended up leaking them to the school and it ruined her high school career. She's a victim in that situation, I'll say it. But to have people who ridiculed her for that, A, it really weasels out the ones that you don't want in your life. So if there's any bright side, it's in these times, you kind of figure out who doesn't make sense to be in your world and vice versa. They realize that they don't want to be in yours and honestly let them go. But the other aspect of it is that I'm sure no one from her high school is ever thinking about that anymore and it's just trauma for her. But I love her and I would never judge her for having that happen in her past and I would hope that anyone who would, she wouldn't let in her life. Those are the times when the public is wrong. When there's a group of people who don't know you, but there are also times that we are wrong. And that's not too easy to admit, but it's worth it. Oh, that's me. It's worth it on behalf of self-improvement. Time can heal things, but in the moment, it's so easy. To take everything to heart and just to live with all those negative emotions and just think about how much everyone hates you and what makes it even worse is all of this self-pity is so selfish and during these moments that we're insecure all we're doing is thinking about ourselves and it just makes it very difficult for anyone in our lives to enjoy our company because we are so self-absorbed with whatever is hurting our little feelings and i think it's important to take a step back and realize that we're most likely doing fine. Now, on the other side of that coin, huge trend going around of, you know, fuck it, girl, you're doing you. Like, you're beautiful. Like, don't even pay anyone any attention. You just keep doing you. And there is a level of self-awareness that needs to happen. You can do you and you should do you. But if a lot of people in your life are pointing fingers at you... For something in particular, it may be worth looking into. Your loved ones love you and they're most likely telling you these things because they love you. I will never forget the first time I fell into depression, this is like junior year of high school. One of my best friends came up to me and he's like, Lexi, you're being really selfish lately. Like it is not fun to be around you. And I'm so glad he said that because I needed to hear that. And if he hadn't told me that, I wouldn't have known and I wouldn't have changed. Um, but I also am not someone who necessarily gets too defensive. I kind of listen with open ears. However, that's, you know, it's not the easiest pill to swallow, but I'm glad he said that. and I, I think, yes, do you, but if you feel like maybe you're being called out for something that's not incredibly wrong, look into it. It's a balance because sometimes, for example, back to the internet people, comments will be pointing things out about me that they're clearly just being a troll. Like, <laughs> you know, it's usually the privileged white girls that are yelling at the other privileged white girls for being privileged white girls. But if you have a real instance where you're making a big mistake and everyone's like, look at look at what you did, maybe you should look at what you did. Anyway, once the insecurity is gone and you're feeling self-assured again, responsibility can come and responsibility is fun and it's challenging and I'm all about it right now. It's so interesting how uh, priorities change. Like, some weeks and months will go on where all I'm thinking about is sex, for instance. Like, that's all I care about. I don't give a fuck about improving in my career or or reading a lot of books. I just want to get laid, you know? And then other times, I don't, I'm not even, right now, not thinking about that. Could not be less interested in sex, in a relationship. That is literally the last thing on my mind. All I care about right now is working, improving my work, and reading as many books as possible, randomly enough. It's because Josh, ugh, all he does is read. Um, all he does is read and he reads so fast and I'm competitive and I am going on a bit of a tangent but I do not think that it's wrong to talk about and encourage reading. Uh, I'm trying to read every 30 minutes a day every wait what I'm trying to read 30 minutes every day and honestly you, you get through books pretty fast now I asked Josh the other day how frequently do you read and he said probably two hours a day and I thought to myself wow it's gonna take me four days to read as much as he reads in one day so now that's what's on my mind and I just find it so funny not bad I'm not mad at my current priorities I just finished reading *Parakeet* by Marie Helene Bertino and I was looking on Goodreads. It didn't get that great of reviews, it was 3.5 stars and honestly I thought it deserved a little bit more than that. And obviously currently I'm reading How to Not Give a Fuck, what is it called? The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? Ugh, so embarrassing. I'm going to continue to speak about books sparingly throughout episodes because I know there's a group of you, it's not the majority, but there's a solid group of you always asking me for book recommendations wanting to know what i'm reading and what i think about the books that i'm reading and uh i guess i'll plug my weird series i do have a series on my youtube channel um weird is an acronym and the r in weird stands for what i've been reading and every time i post one of those episodes i always tell you the book that i've been reading as of late but you know (laughs) subtle art not giving a fuck (laughs) Literally, tell me someone who's at the peak of their life that's also reading that book. I feel like anyone who's has that book in their hand, including me, is on the struggle bus just mildly. You know, when someone's reading that, they're probably not in the best point of their life. Anyway, also was listening to this lecture from Jordan, is it Peterson? I had never heard of him before. Ironically, this ties exactly into what I was saying earlier, I listened to his interview with Joe Rogan, it's like a 3 hour long podcast, but I honestly enjoyed almost every minute of it. The beginning of the interview was talking about how hated he was, and I couldn't figure out why because I didn't know him before, I had no reason to hate him, he was just a new person that I had never seen before being interviewed, and he was well spoken, and he was thoughtful, and he had research to back up a lot of his wild and controversial statements. And so I kind of liked him. And here I am. Like, I could get cancelled for having an opinion on someone who is being cancelled. I don't even know if he's being cancelled. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I got hate um, for not cancelling someone that I followed. I was like, I don't even know about this. Like, leave me alone. I'm just living my life. Like, I don't I don't need to care about this. There's bigger fish to fry. <coughs> I'm choking on my water. slash my own spit. Anyway... He was discussing that he was hated, but me watching him, I didn't leave with any hatred towards him. Uh, He also touched on responsibility, which was interesting enough because it's been just on my brain. And he said, the antidote to worthlessness is responsibility. The antidote to worthlessness is responsibility. Think about that. When I'm complacent, when I have idle time and I don't do very well with idle time... I like to have things to do in my free time, I enjoy to do things, because I won't make the most of it, I, will, I won't, and I will feel worthless, and the antidote to feeling that way is to do things, to take on career challenges, to volunteer, to challenge yourself, to attempt to run the extra mile, in a literal and a figurative sense. And I had to write that down because I loved it so much and circling it back to just being ADD. And because of that, (laughs) common symptoms of ADD are distracted, lack of attention, um, forgetfulness. So being like a, you know, cute little seventh grader girl, ADD, I'm just a dit, like (laughs) for sure. I'm in these smart classes, but my personality did not reflect that. I was just a dit. And I think subconsciously, I learned that there was freedom in that because no one expected anything of me. They were like, oh, she's not going to remember or like, oh, we can't hold her accountable for this. So we're just not going to give her any work to do for this group project or we're just not going to. On the other side of the coin, I want to add that there was plenty of group projects where I was like, no one's touching this. This is me. Y'all can just stay home, do whatever you want. Like, I'm doing this. But there was plenty of other times where I'm like, oh. They just think I'm dumb. Like, I can get away with doing nothing. This is great. And I played into it, and I, I played into it for too long. I will say that for sure. I look back, and uh, I have pain for myself for acting so stupid for so long. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. But there were some perks, and I understood that from a young age, and I was like, I can be free. I found freedom in it. I was like, no one expects anything of me, so I can do whatever I want. Yeah, so I was the fun friend. I wasn't the responsible friend. But now I'm older and mildly wiser. I'm ready to take on these responsibilities. Now, maybe being the ditz was not your downfall. Maybe you knew you were smart and knew you were capable and had been viewed as someone who was reliable and responsible. However, you were insecure. With it being so self-serving and... Um, no, not self-serving. Self-absorbing... I think going back to the antidote of worthlessness is responsibility. If all you're thinking about is yourself and you spend your days with all of your free time just thinking, oh, I'm too this, I'm too that. If you decide to volunteer, if you decide to take on a larger role at work, of course you're going to have mental space somewhere else. It's going to take up brain power in your are inevitably going to have less time to think about your insecurities because you have to think about other things that you're responsible for now and I think that also totally applies to the antidote of worthlessness is responsibility if you feel like you've got nothing to offer the world try taking things on and seeing if you found purpose you know what this episode originally was going to be called eating cereal with chance the rapper and I was going to be sharing celebrity stories which I think that episode's just going to have to be next week because we're already 20 minutes in and it's time to get to the questions. What will I title this episode, though? Dits with a brain? Adderall's for dummies? I'm just kidding, obviously. If your doctor says it's not time for you to get off medication, it's not time for you to get off medication, more than likely. Or maybe... Hmm. Hmm. Haters are not my motivators, we'll just have to see. You'll know what the title is because you can look down at the episode and see it, but here I am, not knowing it yet. Overall, I hope this portion of the chat, portion of the episode was beneficial. It's something that's just been on my mind frequently, on and off for the past year, and it's really been a fun change 100% of the time. I mean, excuse me. 100% I have found that my life has a bit more stress and my life has a bit more anxiety. I jinxed myself, I swear. I said even at the beginning of this podcast, not this episode, but the beginning of the series, like the podcast in general, one of the earlier episodes, which this will be one of the earlier episodes. I was going to cut it off season one at episode 10, but I just am not so sure about that anymore. Anyway, one of the earlier episodes, I was saying that I've experienced depression, but anxiety is something I'm pretty unfamiliar with. Of course, I've had nerves and anxiousness and stress, but I jinxed myself. Knock on wood. <laughs> I have it. I know what it's like now. I don't. I don't have it. I w- I've never been diagnosed, but I am experiencing the feeling that they talk about, and it's uh, it's very strange. It's um. It's something I don't like, and I'm kind of glad that I never had to deal with it while I was in school. That would have made it ample times harder, you know? What's that old expression? If everyone had to throw their problems into a pile, if you look down, you would run back and pick your own right back up, and that's exactly how it felt. I still make jokes about um, my depression, and I really have worked through it with the help of myself and a psychiatrist and responsibility, dare I say. I really think that there's something to this. I really think this is interesting for someone. I I have people in my life, including myself, when I get through times of insecurity, a lot of times it will associate with comfortability where I've sort of hit a plateau in my life and I don't really know what else to do. And so now that I'm in my routine and I can work on autopilot, sometimes my brain will lead me to spiral about insecurity because I have this, this empty space. And so I just fill it with thinking bad thoughts about myself. When in reality, when I get comfortable in my routine, maybe it's time to bite off more than I can chew and learn to chew faster. All right, let's get into the questions. Also, why the hell was my computer fan on so loud for half of this podcast? I'm so sorry on behalf of this laptop. First question I'm answering is from Heidi Kupfer. She asked, Do you like routines and schedules? What are some of yours? Yes, I have a set wake-up time. It used to be 8.30. I've been waking up at 7.30 most days lately, which I'm just, you know, I'm leaning into that. I'm totally fine with that. Next question is from Wowie. How do you fully visualize and live life like your inner goddess? Okay, you gotta get dreamy, guys. You gotta really think what you want out of this little thing we call life. I'll say it, I always say it. I'm always talking about this. And to bring it back to this interview that I listened to, this man, I can't remember his name, Robert Johnson? That doesn't seem right. What is it? I've already forgotten. I'm so stupid sometimes. Jordan Peterson, whatever, same energy. Jordan Peterson, he was talking about how the way that you treat yourself is the way that you treat a community because you yourself are a community. Think about it the behavior that you have now is going to impact your future self. So you have to do things to help them out. I have to do things to help my future self out, have an easier time. And if I don't, great, I'm setting up my future self for a little bit of a harder time. You are a community because you are experiencing life and different lives so many different times. My high school self made me who I am. So if I want to make the next version of myself better, I have to take those things into my hands now. And thinking of time and yourself in that sense, I think gets you channeling your inner goddess. Now to reference a TikTok that I watched, this girl was answering a question of how to get motivation and she said if she thinks about a task that she has to do, I think she used the example of cleaning her closet or something like that, Um, she's like, it's stressful, I just want to ignore it. If I think like, oh, I have to do this, I feel resentful and I just don't want to do it. But if I think about it like, oh, why do I want to clean my closet? Oh, because I like having my space free. I like having room and I like to see my space looking all put together. Suddenly, I'm motivated to do it because I realize, oh, I'm doing it to better myself, not doing something just because it's on a list. Next, Laurel E. Bautista asked how to get past the talking stage. Put your big girl pants on or whatever gender. I always say girl or something and I don't. I always say this too. It means everyone. I don't. Moving on. How do you get past the talking stage? You gotta put your big pants on and say, I really like you. I wanna make this official. But if you're not into it, we gotta cut it off now because I've got strong feelings. But here's the kicker you have to be prepared to walk away if they say no. You have to be prepared to do that because if you don't, you're never, ever, ever getting out of the talking stage. And I try to go to bed between midnight and one, but now because I'm waking up early, I find myself getting sleepy earlier. Another routine that I'm adding is 30 minutes of reading every day. You would be surprised how easily this fits into your life. I, for example, weekend mornings will wake up and... Let's say I've had my coffee or my breakfast and I'm just sort of lounging around. I'll look at the clock and let's say it says 10 a.m. and I'll ask myself, is there anything I want to do by 10.30? And if there's not, I just read and I'll do that, you know, same thing. It's lunchtime, I'm taking a break. Is there anything that I need to do before 1.30? It's 1 right now? No? Okay, I'm going to read. And I've started at least reading a few pages before I go to bed, but it doesn't work for me as well because I oftentimes i am already quite sleepy, so I don't even get a half an hour in before I'm already falling asleep. Something else I've noticed with workouts, I've unintentionally given them days. Every single Wednesday, I do this 40-minute butt workout. It's really hard. Um, but I'm already getting better. I also... On weekends, we'll do these seven-minute Tasha Franken workouts. And I like to go running or swimming throughout the week, but that's not in the routine right now just because of weather. Trying to figure out a way to get cardio in. I just need cardio. I need to release energy. Like I said, a current thing that I'm trying to do is have a 15-minute walk after each meal. And I think that's also really going to be good just to keep the day broken up. Now, a strange pattern that I've noticed about myself is I have this tendency, when I have a really good day, to want to recreate it exactly the next day. Genuinely no idea where this stems from. Why, when I have a good day, do I want to have a second identical day? And without fail, the third day is never repeated, or it's never repeated a third day, and I don't know why, I'm not necessarily a creature of habit, I wouldn't use that term to describe myself, but I will spend two days in a row doing the exact same thing. It's like I figured out, okay this worked really well for me, let's do it again, but why it doesn't happen the third day? No answer for you. Absolutely no answer, I'm perplexed. Tessa underscore Brancato asks, how do you tell the difference between you liking someone or liking that someone likes you? I feel that. Attention and affection are great. I think the way that you tell the difference is based on how much you want to do for them. Like when I really, really like someone, I just want to do things for them. I just want to be with them. I just want to give to them. And oftentimes if I'm in it just for the attention, I just am there to take, you know? It's not reciprocated. I just like whatever they're providing for me. I have no desire to provide anything to them. And when I catch myself in those selfish situations, I'm like, oh, I don't like them. Andrea J. Portugal asks, favorite pasta shape? No competition, rigatoni. Flo Flo Coco asks, have you ever done long distance? And if so, any tips? Love the pod. Thank you. Yes, I did long distance with next boyfriend for almost a year, I think, but we had been dating before that. We had been dating at least for a couple years and we knew that long distance was going to be temporary, which I think was the first element of making it a bit easier. Not that it was easy by any means, but I think I would have found it to be a lot more difficult if I had met someone who didn't live near me and I started dating them and there was no plan to ever live in the same city. That would be a bit difficult. However, if it is temporary... Um, maybe you guys were together and then you went off to college, which, I mean, my personal opinion on that, if that's the case, is you should be single. If it's meant to be, they'll come back. Uh, That's not your question, though, so I don't need to give unsolicited advice. Have I ever done it? If so, any tips? First thing, have dates that you're going to see each other. I think it makes the time pass by a little bit faster, just knowing, okay, I just have to make it two more weeks, and then I see them. Also, having fun virtually, you know, classic ones, picking a movie that you guys are going to watch and then have each other on FaceTime, talking through it, other things, I'm trying to think, it's been so long, that was back in like 2015, one second, I need to think, I'm back, I ended up going to an old YouTube video that I posted, giving long distance relationship tips and I'm so grossed out, not at my ex-boyfriend or my relationship, but just my outfit and my makeup, it was really bad. Anyway, some of the tips that I were giving uh, were not that bad. One of them was act as if they're still around. That's huge. I know so many people that are in long-distance relationships, specifically guys a lot of times, and they will totally leech onto a girl because they just are used to being in a relationship and if their girlfriend's not around, they still need that female attention and affection, which is just so disgusting. I would hate if I had a boyfriend who was doing that. Overall, the number one tip is that you have to agree that it's worth it for both of you. You both have to be on board because this is a hard dynamic in a relationship. Not having physical access to your partner can really put a strain on the relationship. There are totally ways to do it, but understanding or mutually deciding we love each other enough to do this, it is worth it because it is a commitment. Relationships in general are already a commitment and can sometimes, you know, in sickness and in health and good times and bad, can be a bit of a chore. But you... Do it because you love them. However, if it just becomes a one-way street, it's going to make the breakup or just the relationship in general that much harder. However, on lighthearted, more concrete tips, even though deciding that you want to do it is a very concrete tip, would be surprises, you know, post them, lunch. One thing that I did, I don't remember if I said this in the video or not, but I wrote a stupid, funny little sentence, a single sentence on a sticky note, and I mailed it to him. So on his end, he receives mail, opens up this envelope from me, probably expecting a bit of a love letter, only to find a green post-it note saying something as stupid as like, fuck me right in the pussy. (laughs) Oh my god, I can't believe I just told you that's what I said. I was not gonna tell you what I said. I am so embarrassed, but I thought it was so funny. He thought it was so funny because it's so stupid and it takes no effort and it's a total surprise. Someone else asked me my favorite pasta shape. Is this a trendy question to ask? Anyway, Amy.Croker asked, what do you do on your periods and not feel disgusting? A really random thing that I found, and I haven't done this lately because it's winter, but if you live in a warm climate, I'm going to tell you. Going for a bike ride... I know it seems weird because it's like all up in your area, but it's a soothing way to get some energy out, to get some fresh air, to think. It's very lovely. And sometimes, you know, people will recommend yoga or something like that. I also try to have sugar in healthy doses, like more natural sugar. So I'll make myself, you know, banana ice cream with chocolate, or maybe I'll have a smoothie bowl. Just try to incorporate sweets, because a lot of times that's what I'll be craving. Ginger tea, turmeric. Another kind of random one is laundry. I'm a lot more irritable, obviously, on my period, so a lot of things will piss me off more. I like everything to be extra clean. My body, my space, my bed, my clothes, everything. So usually I'll make an extra effort to exfoliate, shave, lotion, clean sheets, clean clothes. Everything put away, clean surfaces. I don't know why, but I always find that to be soothing and it just helps me settle a bit. Also, hot baths. Never underestimate. <laughs> Never underestimate the power of a hot bath. Be Monica Spiros asked how to stop being irritated with helicopter moms. Just know that your mom is doing her best. Every mom is always doing the absolute best they can and everything is coming from a place of love. The older you get, the more distance that you get from your mom and your parents in general because you begin adulthood, you begin to learn more of why they are the way they are and why they behaved the way that they behaved. And helicopter moms just, you know, they want, they want everything to be okay for you. And they think that the way to keep you safe is to keep you close um, establishing boundaries. Everyone says it, but, it, you know, it is for a reason. And say them in a respectful way, because obviously, I'm assuming that you're still at home living with your parents. I'd maybe don't say the distance makes the heart grow fonder, but a lot of times when someone doesn't give me attention, I need it from them more. If someone is always there, always eye on me, I'm like, leave me alone, get away from me, you know? And it's even worse when it's your mom, because you should never be mean to your mother. I mean, there are special circumstances, but 99% of the time, she doesn't deserve that. However, I get it. Parents can be annoying when you feel like you're trying to explore your independence and figure out who you are, but it's hard to do that when you have someone breathing down your throat. Now, breathing down your neck? Is it, it's not is it breathing? No, I don't know. You Breathing down your throat? Breathing down your neck? I think it's neck. Either way it works, you understand, smothered. It's hard to explore, it's hard to expand, it's hard to grow. And I think that in itself is a super understandable point to make. You know, mom, I'm I'm going through puberty, things are weird, I'm exploring things. I promise that if you trust me, that's a huge thing. Sometimes you just need to gain your parents' trust. And so by asking for that, asking for ways that you can earn it, you know and with their trust can create more space because they trust you to go farther than the leash that they currently have you on you can work from there every situation is a little bit different but i think that's a good place to start now paloma link asked how do you open up to people i was not always good at this contrary to what a lot of you believe i actually had a boyfriend teach me how to do this because he grew up with fabulous communication skills growing up therapy with family meetings feelings were a priority you wanted to express how you felt you wanted to hear how the other person felt and so he did that with me he would talk to me and he would insist on me talking to him because I was an internalizer I like to bottle everything up which is so opposite to how I behave now and that's simply because I realized how cathartic it is to break down the barriers and be a little bit more honest it's totally fine when the cashier at the deli says, how are you? And you say good instead of, you know, breaking down all of the <laughs> issues that you're currently dealing with because it's not the situation. But when it comes to loved ones or when you're interested in someone, maybe it's the beginning of your relationship. I'm not really sure if you mean just opening up in general. You see the benefits. You see the the fruits of your labor when you are honest and when you are vulnerable. I mean, there's this huge movement happening socially towards vulnerability where we're not into this whole elite perfection hashtag goals life. We want real, we want substance, we want honesty. And that's because life's better that way. Zia underscore Ashes asks, have you ever told someone else's secret? Do they know you've told? Now if someone tells me some juicy gossip, I am 100% coming home and telling John. Now if someone tells me something, and they tell me it's a secret, I will die with that secret. I will take it to the grave no matter what. Gabrielle.Hayes asks, Favorite alcoholic beverages to make? At home, martinis, margaritas, and Bloody Marys. Diani Cruz asks, Can you be friends with an ex? Like, hanging out all the time, but no sex, no kisses. Okay, why would you go from that relationship, but the same one without sex and kisses? Um... That seems like a downgrade, especially if it wasn't your decision, if that was guided by the other person. I personally wouldn't want to be friends with an ex after a breakup. I would want so much time and I think there should be time. I think there should be silence between you and your partner if you're breaking up. I do not think it's possible if there's actual real feelings to go from being in love or being in a relationship to being friends unless... One of them, you know, it's a super amicable breakup, but more than likely that means neither one of you really cared about each other that much to begin with. If you can just backtrack a little bit, and that's my opinion. I'm going to end the podcast off here. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening if you made it to this point. If you like the podcast, give it a rating or a review. I always look forward to hearing from you on social media. My Twitter and my Instagram are at Lexi, and I will see you guys in my next episode. XOXO, Lexi.